0: This episode in the life of Jesus is strategically planted for us here in chapter 9. So we're, we're going through the, the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and uh, it's a story of the transfiguration. I am sure most of you have read this story because it's found in three of the Gospels, and Luke presents it in a little different way. Um, but this is what was happening bef- right before. Uh, Geo uh, eloquently spoke on on some of it because. So so Jesus asked his disciples, um, "Who who do you say that I am?" Or who do the other people say? But who do you say that I am? And after walking with Jesus for almost two years, they finally come up with the right answer, and they say, "You are the Christ, the Son of God." But they had no idea what that meant. Just like us, we can walk with Jesus for years and years and years. And, and he asks us, Well, who do you say? That? Oh, you're you're Christ the Lord. You're 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 everything to me. And still not understand who he is. Many Christians walk with Jesus without understanding who he is. Because they take on, he takes on a form that they choose for him. It's a little bit like Halloween, right? Right? It's like the, the Jesus costume, is the Jesus in our head. And Jesus is about to present himself for who he really is. He's not just the Christ, the Messiah. He is Almighty God. But before he tells them that, he said, I'm going to die. And they're like, no, 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 no. You cannot die. That's going to mess up my plans. Has Jesus ever messed up your plans? Has he ever done anything that's different than what you had expected? Yes? He says, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise on the third day. And they had no idea what he was talking about, and either would you have at that time. And even that's like, okay, cool. And then he says, if you want to follow me, and that's what uh, Geo talked about last week, you'll have to listen to the message. It's on YouTube. All right. But... At the very end of that passage where he's talking about that, we come to our our verses and it says this, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, some of you standing here will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God And eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. Oh man, things are about to get dicey. And as he was praying, because they weren't, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Ah! Sorry. (laughs) This is so pregnant with meaning, because... Jesus, there, it, it, well, let me, just, let me just start, and, and I've got a, a couple points here. What Jesus was doing with the disciples was giving them an invitation to know him more intimately than they ever had. They had walked with him for, for two years and said, okay, we've come to the conclusion that you're the Messiah. But they didn't come to the conclusion that you are God, very God. They thought, oh, you're a good man. Oh, you're a healer. You're a good teacher. You're a good person. We see that. But they did not understand He was the Son of God. And He said, I'm going to show you, because I'm coming back. And this is the first prophecy of His return. Do you know that Jesus is coming again? Soon. Soon. And that's why it's good to read the news. As Zig Ziglar used to say, I read my newspaper in the morning, my Bible in the morning, so I can find out what both sides are up to. <laughs> I always love that line <laughs> but Jesus was was wanting them to understand I'm not just what you think I am I am God very God and I'm going to show you he says in just a little while some of you three of you will come and see me in my full glory they hadn't seen him in his glory they'd seen him in his humanity and, and, and that's why he says, whoever's ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. And when we look at that, we're like, oh, I hope I'm never ashamed of Jesus. How many have ever been ashamed of Jesus? No, I don't mean, you know, you're going, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Okay, how, when was the last time you talked to somebody about Jesus? Okay, so you're ashamed of speaking about him, but that's okay. Because we all get that little bit, you know, first we don't. How many like con- confrontation? Besides Doug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we don't like confrontation. So, you know, we feel like if we talk about Jesus, maybe somebody will confront me or whatever. You know, and I don't like confrontation. So, you know, we'll just speak nice. But how many know that people actually need to know about Jesus? They'll never have full peace, they'll always try to find it in something else. Right? The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. Why does he say that? you can't find your peace there no <laughs> actually it was, it was just accoutrements on the temple but we can't we won't find life outside of that so he says whoever is ashamed of me and the the word ashamed in in the new testament means to be af- ashamed of disfigurement it's it's to look upon jesus and see him as only a man What does Isaiah tell us? It's in my notes somewhere. He says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root from the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And he said, If you look at me for just who you think I am, You'll never truly understand me. And what he was doing with the disciples was giving them an invitation to now come and know him in a much greater intimacy than they had ever known. Why is the story here? So that we can also participate in knowing him more intimately than we could ever know him. And anytime we take the person of Jesus that we have in our mind and we make him our Lord, instead of who He really is, then we will not know Him. All of us, and that's why we keep coming back to the Bible. Who is Jesus again? Because He is so deep. However, we know Him right now is only a layer. It says that when we're with Him, in in the in the blink of an eye, you're going to transfer from this natural life to the spiritual life, and you will know him fully. And I am convinced that the minute you die, you are going to fall down on your knees because you're going to see him face to face, and you're going to go, I didn't know that's who you were. I've been in church 30 years. I've heard a thousand sermons, and nobody revealed you to me like you really are. Because no man can reveal him that way. I can't do it. The only way I can reveal him is say, get with Jesus. (laughs) Get in your closet. Say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Seek him. Right? How many have had those moments? Everybody here in this room, a few people online. You've had those moments where you're like, Jesus. Sometimes it's scary. I've been been with Jesus sometimes, I'm like, oh no, Jesus is alive, he's for real. Okay, well these guys were going to get the time of their life. So the the shame isn't just like, oh I'm ashamed, and we all experience that, because the, the culture we're in, we're afraid, you know, Satan has blinded the eyes of those that don't believe. So when you say, you need Jesus... They're like, "Uh, I'm blind to that, Um, right? And if you've ever been rejected that way, then you know it's 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 painful because Jesus, to us that have had Him revealed, want to express Him in His fullness to to you, because we know how good He really is. Okay, real real quick, we all have a distorted view of Jesus. And, and to, to to the measure of our distortion, whatever, you know, we read and we go, he must be like this. Because that's what the disciples were doing. They're going, okay, you're the Messiah. And he goes, no, no, no. I Don't tell anybody that. He did tell them that. Don't tell anybody. Not just that I'm the Messiah, but let it be revealed to them. And the reason that it's a lifelong pursuit to know Jesus is so that we can really know him. And instead what happens is we, we, we hear pithy things, sermons, illustrations, whatever, and we go, Jesus is like this. But you'll never really know Jesus until he reveals himself to you. And that's our pursuit. That is the disciples' pursuit. Not knowledge about Jesus, but knowing Jesus intimately. So to whatever degree your life is distorted and who that is, your life will be distorted to that same degree. So we should know Jesus. Amen. All right, point two. So it's an invitation. He's like, come, come, come with me up the mountain. And these guys are, they're so dull. Welcome to discipleship. <laughs> these guys really walk with Jesus. We have to walk with him spiritually and invisibly. Jesus, they didn't. They, had, they were able to come to him and he walks them up the mountain and he's like, I, now I want you to see my glory, just like remember with, with well Moses, he's the one that prayed, Lord, may I see your glory. He's like, yeah, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about there. Um, but the, in the same way, he wanted them to see who he really was. So this story is is helping us to to see him more clearly, right? Um. Now this is what he says. He says, truly, I I tell you, some of you standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Uh, About eight days after that, Jesus took them up uh, and he went up to the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, he transformed. But What's so crazy is they were asleep. Jesus was trying to show them something, yet they were asleep. And I, I see that this is so possible, to have Jesus transforming himself in front of us and for us to not recognize it because we're either asleep or we're focused somewhere else. In these days, if the, if the nations are shaking, in Hebrews it says that he's shaking the nations and he's shaking the heavens, and then... It says, but we have an unshakable kingdom. And that's what Jesus was, it was trying to tell them. Listen, I'm going to show you this unshakable kingdom. And this is what he says. So, right now, it may not look like the Lord is in control of the world. You look and you go, man, how's this? I mean, it can be, you know, if you meditate on it for a minute. Because wherever they point the camera, there's trouble. There's poverty, there's climate crisis, there's, you know, there's too much water here, not enough water here, too much heat here, not enough heat here. You know, we have all these things. We have earthquakes, while thousands of people were being hurt in or killed in Israel, at the same time in Afghanistan, thousands of people died in an earthquake, thousands that made the bottom, it, it didn't make the news because but are those people hurting do those people need our help yeah. i mean right now it, it's hard not to want to just you know give all your money to the world because there's hurting everywhere okay so why we look at that and the reason i'm saying that is because sometimes we wonder is god still for every single one of those people Yes? He is. He is. And, and as the Lord moves on us, of course, we should participate in that. Okay. The other thing is, it might look like he's waiting too long. Because he, he tells them that, that he says, when, he, when the Son of Man comes in glory, and in the glory of the Father with his holy angels, he's talking about the second coming. How many have heard that Jesus is coming again? Heard that We're, we're a four-square church. So four-square churches, you know, Jesus is the Savior. He's the healer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he is the soon-coming King. And we've been saying that. Well, we've been saying it for 100 years, but these guys have been saying it for 2,000 years. And they're like, Jesus, you're waiting too long. But in the fullness of time, is when things are going to happen, right? And in the meanwhile, he is wanting us to fully press in to see him for what he's, who he is and what he's doing right now. All right. With all the craziness in the world, do you ever wonder why he doesn't just come right now? Right now would be a good time, Right? I know you're like, yeah, boy, that sure beats Monday morning. <laughs> okay, how about Sunday night? And that's I finish off my football game. All right, uh, Jesus was showing them, and when they wake up, they discover this: that He reigns, Amen. that He reigns over all. And and I I I, that I was thinking about this, and I'll, I'll 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 talk a little bit more about it in just a minute. Okay. Uh, my last point is that Jesus was giving him an invitation to trust him more boldly because when they do wake up they see Jesus in his full glory and they hear I I like the way that um, Peter expresses it later he said we heard the voice of the majestic glory say this is my beloved son listen to him Now, why should we listen to Jesus? (laughs) Because he tells us the truth. And when we hear the truth, we trust him. And when we trust him, our lives are secure. Isn't it beautiful? And this is what he says. I will come again. Now, I'll talk about a little bit more about this next week because this is like a two-parter. Sorry. I know you're like, what? You know, I can't go too far. I want to talk about sleeping disciples next time, and I want to talk about the voice from heaven. Okay, but on this one, it says that Jesus' appearance changes. In Matthew, it says that He metamorphized. He became a different type, so to speak. He moved from man to God in front of them. They finally realized this is God. And when they did wake up, they they didn't know what they were saying. Well, Peter starts talking, blah, 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 blah. And, he, and it says, and he didn't know what he was talking, which I love that. Uh, I never know what I'm saying. I just hope that it translates whatever it is. Um, but they see him transformed, and they realize, now I can rest. Because the first thing they do is say, let's, let's camp out here. It's what happens when you see Jesus for who he really is. You want to just camp out and rest. That's why it's important for us to gather together, to worship together, to take time to pause, to slow down our life, so that we can say, Lord, I trust in you. Now, those three guys went up there. Peter, John, and James. John puts it this way. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. James is silent. But if you read the, his letter, you can tell he was there. Because he's all fiery up. <laughs> he's all fired. And then Peter puts it this way. And I, I, I'm going to end with this. Oh, No. I'm going to read more of John. You guys mind if I read more of John? Because he had a second experience of this. And then I'll read Peter. He says this, Revelation chapter 1, I turned around, this is a different revelation, but he saw it, to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest, and his hair on his head was like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, and his feet like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand he held the seven stars, Coming and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all of its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first. I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. I'll just leave you with John today because he expresses everything that's in my heart about this verse. Jesus is inviting us every day to go up that mountain and to see him more fully. It's not something we have to beg for. It's something that we simply say, Thank you. You can ask. So, with that, let's pray together. Oh, Lord. We come to this moment right now, and I don't know how everybody's feeling or what they're thinking about this episode. It seems so big on the pages of your scriptures. And yet in our own life, our, our life is mundane, it's it's repetitive, it's full of all kinds of stuff. And we forget that you're trying to bring us into a more intimate relationship with you. You're trying to reveal the kingdom of God, that you reign over all. Nothing escapes your gaze. And Lord, we know it's an invitation for us to trust you. I want to just pause for a moment. If you're here today and you, you uh, well, some have already expressed it, but there's an area of trust in your life where you're going, ah, I, I don't know if I can trust Jesus for this, or I don't know if I can trust the circumstances into his hands. This is a good day for you to see Jesus for who he really is. He is God, very God. And right now he's looking upon you and he's saying, ask of me. I will take care of it. And so if you're here this morning and you have a big ask like that, he will reveal himself to you because that's what he promises as your God, as your Lord, as your Savior. Father, this week I pray that we would take these words and they would lead us to that place of wanting to see you more for who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. go up the mountain, everybody. Let's take the, let's take the hike. Okay. We sign off with our friends online. God bless you. Have a great day. Um, hope to see you sometime in the future. And for the rest of us, um, we've got lunch prepared. If you have those prayers or those needs, um, please make, make it known. Everybody here wants to, wants to be part of each other's lives. Amen? All right. Thanks for listening. Go for more of Jesus. That's all I can say. Have a great day.